0: Highly Enthused, a shortcut to things worth consuming, presented by two women named Sophie who spend too long on the internet. I'm Sophie Roberts. And I'm Sophie McComas.
1: Welcome to another episode and actually the season finale season three of Highly Enthused. Yay and also boo, but also yay. (laughs) Boo, hiss, yay. crept up on us. I know, (laughs) it's been a good season. We're going to take a little break. wind this pandemic up in style (laughs) and come back to you now that things are opening up a little bit with fresh recommendations in a little while
0: yes how is
1: your night going Soph it's good I'm halfway through some homemade popcorn that I'm going to talk about in this episode and I'm about to go get (laughs) done what
0: about you yeah, I've just been I've just been snacking on some Red Rock Deli uh, chips, a classic choice. I feel I haven't bought a packet in a while. Treated myself at the supermarket last night. Have it's eaten most men? of it already. Oh, of course. Of course. What I went to
1: I went to lunch at my friend's house, my friend Lucy's house on Sunday, and she brought out a bag of chips and she's like, "Look, I was gonna get plain, but I know that they're apparently serial killers. <laughs> serial killers. So I got this." I'm like, thanks. It's maybe our most controversial. Statement was that that's for serial killers only. And I still stand by it, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, this week we have a really great recommendation, speaking of excellent content, from a listener called Netta via Instagram. Here's what she had to say hot off the press, a comfy bra find, which is excellent for these times, a brand called Nisa Women, that's N I -S S A Women. It's a social enterprise employing refugee women and I just got one of their bralettes and she says, seriously, it's like I'm wearing nothing except my boobs actually stay in place. Amazing and you should definitely check them out. So they actually do look really cool. Nice colours and I'm all about a soft cup.
0: Mm, I'm amazed that they feel like nothing but actually do the job. It feels like you only get one of those.
1: I still love those Bonds bralettes. That we spoke about. We're one on right now. On. Yeah, they're so good, so comfortable. What are you eating this week? Well, this is a funny one. In light of my random porridge tip recently, I <laughs> and it's a similar one. I made a big pot of risotto on the weekend. You did. I was you. there. You went to eat it. <laughs> risotto was the dish that I like wheeled out every time I cooked someone at uni I just like made Same. it so many times and it was so bad but I've made it so <laughs> many times that I've honed my skills at making risotto and it, I feel like I've got it really down pat I would and agree I, with you having eaten it I would yeah, agree impressed oh, good. yeah it was delish so I just wanted to like roll through a few of my tips for making a good risotto Um, And it is mushroom season, so I made a mushroom one, which I really recommend. But there's a lot of, like, random things that make a mushroom risotto or any kind of risotto really good. So I'm just going to, like, rapid-fire them. This one is specific for mushrooms. So the best thing about mushroom risotto is gathering, like, a whole range of mushrooms, not just, like, one type So you could get a whole bunch of big flat field mushrooms, little brown mushrooms, Asian-style mushrooms like enokis and oyster mushrooms that are really soft and tender that you can just like stir through at the end. But I really like preparing them all in different ways, like the big field ones you can finely dice and then the little brown mushrooms you can slice and then yeah you just tear those beautiful soft ones at the end and that really gives this like awesome texture to it all and if you do that and if you have time like I happen to have on Sunday you can prep a lot of that beforehand like you can chop all the mushrooms you can saute them all down with uh just olive oil and like a bay leaf so that's all ready before you actually start cooking and that cuts down the time so much like if you had all your shallots and garlic chopped you have all your mushrooms like sweated down ready to just stir in that is like making your risotto vibe a lot quicker um, because a lot of people it, are scared by how long it takes
0: um, I would also add that it makes your house smell delicious as I kept commenting on I was like what have you been cooking your entire house smells amazing didn't even need the fancy room spray because your house smelled like delicious mushrooms sounds like a weird compliment but I buy it
1: yep exactly perk makes your house smell good And one more thing about the mushrooms, (laughs) this is a lot of things, but dried shiitakes are the best ingredient to have in hand. Like, they don't go off. You just chuck them in a jar in the pantry. I I put, like, one shiitake for each person that you're serving because they're quite strong but you they're dried so they're hard so you kind of cover them so they're covered in hot hot boiling water and let them soak for i don't know maybe like 15 to 20 minutes and that soaking water not only does it soften the mushrooms but it creates this really fragrant savory stock that you can then use to cook your rice in along with your chicken stock or your other liquids so that really brings like a massive depth and richness to this to the risotto and so when you're adding your liquid one tip there is to make sure that your liquid is hot so you're stirring your rice and you don't want to add cold liquid to hot rice because it it shocks the rice if you add always so lazy i know it like takes up all these pans (laughs) it's super annoying but you've got to you've got to heat the wine put that in so it like gives that really creamy really? Um, emulsifying oh. yes trust me it really works okay. <laughs> and then Fine. you have like your hot pot of stock that you ladle in just like keep it all hot and the last thing is the butter and the cheese so like you do with pasta you should always kind of finish a pasta with a knob of butter so it emulsifies and gets all glossy oh. and rich the same with risotto. You've got to like chuck a whole bunch of butter in there and give it a big stir. So it gets that sheen and that cream, extra creaminess. And I just put a lot of cheese as well. <laughs> parmesan and cheese. And I added a big spoon of sour cream at the last minute, which I thought was really good. Still adds riches, but it's got that like tang to it. So it's not yeah. super sweet. I feel like you could even go even more extra and do burrata on top. that would be insane I mean (laughs) you would not walk after a meal of that Um, it would lie down forever exactly you gotta match it with something like crisp and vinegary like radicchio or endive or something like that but um they be my risotto tips so go forth and create some creamy rice my friends
0: Yeah, no need to spend hours making sourdough. Just spend hours stirring and stirring and stirring risotto just for... Yeah, making risotto for seven, like,
1: is a real workout on your arm. (laughs) It's a lot easier if you make it for two. Just saying. Yes. What about you? What have you made? Okay, well, this has been
0: one of the, like, heroes of my solo time over the last, like, two months. And it's been tortilla española, Spanish tortilla, So this isn't like the Mexican tortillas, like the little corn and flour sort of flatbreads that you use for tacos. This is the Spanish version with potatoes and eggs. Yeah. It's like a very easy, soothing meal for like one person and you can scale it up and down to make it for heaps of people if you want, Um, but it's just like perfect because you really don't need to have many ingredients and it's really filling and it's quite meditative to make, but it's super easy to make. Um, And I also have some sneaky tips to (laughs) talk you through how to make the perfect tortilla espanola. So I use this New York Times cooking recipe as a base and I've kind of just sort of riffed on it. They recommend making it with, I think about eight eggs. It's a much larger one, but I tend to just use three eggs and then sort of eyeball the amount of potatoes that you need. But it is also something that keeps in the fridge really well. Their recipe calls for just slicing the potatoes really, really thin, like almost mandolin thin, and cooking them in the pan with a sliced onion, just all at the same time, and quite warm oil with salt. I've done it that way. I've done it where you caramelize the onions first. If you just feel like stirring things and being in the kitchen for a while, sometimes that's what you feel like. And that's really nice as well. And then you cook the potatoes afterwards. You take the onions out, then cook the potatoes separately. And then you you let them everything cool. And then you mix it into the egg mixture with salt and pepper. I've added chives or chopped parsley if I have it. Um, though that is sacrilege. I'm sure a lot of Spaniards would scoff if you uh, told them you had done that. But you know what? It's your <laughs> kitchen. Who cares? And then I also am terrified of my mandolin. I have one. I've never used it because I read that like the number one kitchen injury that people get admitted for, worst kitchen injury people ever get admitted to the emergency room for a mandolin in- injuries. So I've just oh. always been too scared to use it.
1: It's good. It's so good once you get the hang of it. <sighs>
0: Yes, but I'm afraid that in the process of getting the hang of it, I will lose half a thumb. Anyway, if you have
1: a mandolin,
0: use it. If you don't have a mandolin, I always cut my potatoes by hand, never as thin as they say. It works just fine. And then the trick I found is put it in like a a nonstick oven and then cook it on a really low heat. Like I might i have an electric stove and it goes up to 12 and i put it on like three ish sometimes up to four then you have to kind of slide it out of the plate out of the pan onto a plate put another plate flip it and slide it back in and i found it would always stick and i would just like end up like ruining the the surface of the tortilla and it just wouldn't work but i found that keeping it really low and slow and just slowly letting it cook means that it doesn't stick Um, and so you can just eat it like that with a little bit of lemon I've sprinkled sumac and Aleppo pepper on top before which is really yummy you can put a little spludge of aioli on the side if you feel you've got it and you feel like being decadent Um, But the key trick is if you don't finish it all, you put the rest in the fridge and then you do as the Spaniards do and make a tortilla sandwich the next day. Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. Yum.
0: In Spain, they literally just, like, throw it in some bread and that's pretty much it. But um, the key, the, the real winners is, again, aioli, Put in the, the tortilla, good squeeze of lemon. If you've got some roasted capsicum, you can just get jars of that, chop that up and throw it in. That can be really nice. Parsley. If you want to be fancy, you can add in some crunchy lettuce. Um, but there's something really, it's kind of like a Spanish version of hot chip roll. I don't particularly like those, but you get the like satisfying, creamy, potatoey, oniony wadge of tortilla and then the soft bread. And it's really yummy. And you want like a white bread for that, you don't want sourdough i yeah. think for a tortilla sandwich you kind of meld with the with the tortilla it's delicious oh, i'm gonna
1: make that this weekend yum scotty's
0: really it's so yummy place. i reckon <laughs> you'll nail it it's it's easier than risotto i can tell you that now <laughs> the first time i successfully got it out of the pan onto the plate flipped it and back in the pan i like wished i'd had an audience because it was like a very <laughs> proud moment for me <laughs> yeah so that is tortilla española real crowd pleaser very soothing what have you been reading, watching or listening to?
1: I have been watching High Fidelity on ABC oh, iView. Yes. Thank you to our listener Claire who recommended we watch it, slid into our DMs and was like, "You guys would love this." And she was right. <laughs> I am so into this show, it's so good. I read the Nick Hornby novel. It's like a 90s novel and it's Been adapted into a film before, but not into a TV series. And this new release stars Zoe Kravitz, Lenny Kravitz's daughter. Yeah, it does. She is so freaking cool. She's so hot. Google her, Google Google Zoe Kravitz's wedding. (laughs) And you'll see how cool she is. (laughs) Yeah, the most amazing wedding. Um, but she's just like effortless and smouldering and sexy and like just ugh, she's awesome. So the premise is she owns a record store. And so the series is just peppered with amazing music. There's an accompanying playlist on Spotify that we'll link to in our, in our newsletter, which is insanely good. She goes through a pretty horrific breakup and kind of revisits all these past relationships in order to kind of like escape the, the pain of, um, of this breakup. And It's just woven through with all this great humour from her colleagues in the record shop. Really personal insights into the music. There's a scene in, I think, like episode two or three when she makes a playlist for the guy that Uh she broke up with and it's just a playlist she doesn't doesn't expect to send to him or doesn't want to send to him. It's just like for her own catharsis and just her explanation of how to make the perfect... Mixed so good. it's so great. It's um, exactly
0: right as well. It makes me made me feel like being a teenager watching it. I used to, you know, make mix CDs as well. It's so good.
1: It's so good. I just love it. It's really refreshing. It makes you want to go to New York it makes you just want to listen to soul (laughs) on vinyl (laughs) sipping red wine i freaking love it so that is high fidelity you can watch it on abc iview all the episodes are out there now yeah i think there's 10 so yeah let us know if you watch it it's Pretty good. What about you? What have you Amazing. been uh, consuming? Well, just random. I've got a podcast episode
0: again for like the second full episode in a row. Awesome. Weird. But this is a really recent 99% invisible episode and it's called The Natural Experiment. So if you have been looking for something to make you feel a little bit better about the fucked up state of the world, This is genuinely it. Like, I was like grinning from ear to ear by the end of it because it was so wonderful a viewpoint on what's happening. So, basically, a natural experiment is sort of a situation where something in the natural world occurs to allow scientists to study something that there's no way they could study or couldn't, they wouldn't be able to set the, the parameters of that experiment up artificially in a lab. So, you know, something that has to just sort of happen and you have to take advantage of it. So basically COVID-19 and the lockdown that's happened all around the world is sort of the ultimate natural experiment. And the episode is all about the incredible things that all these various scientists around the world have now been able to study because of all the changes brought about by COVID-19. So, the yeah, it's incredible. And so the first one, there's this scientist who actually studies like whale communication patterns who for the first time can listen to what the ocean sounds like in south, southeast Alaska in silence. And she's like, and we'll get to hear what whales talk about when they don't have to like yell over the noise of the cruise ships. So they're expecting to hear like really increased complexity and subtlety in their communication patterns. And they literally normally get an hour a day to sort of where it's not that noisy because there's not that many cruise ships there to actually study. That's kind of cool. Their scientists in Punjab in India have been able to so there was all these amazing photos that did the rounds on social media of this mountain that has not been able to be seen from this city for 30 years but now you can see it because all the air pollution has gone. And so it's been able, they've been able to really pinpoint the causes of various types of air pollution, but even bigger as a psychological thing, people have always just thought it was too big a problem to ever fix. And then this fixed it. And so people are like, oh, you can fix it. It isn't crazy and huge and impossible. It's like something that can be changed and fixed. Just Um, lock
1: everyone in their homes forever. (laughs) Is that the
0: solution? (laughs) No, 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 not the solution, but it's like one thing they talked about is the people within like Delhi, for example, the the politicians within Delhi, they blame all the people who make pollution outside of Delhi for causing it and the people within Delhi. So they're like, well, we can't do anything about it. It's caused by industries outside of Delhi. And then the people who are outside of Delhi don't give a shit about air pollution within Delhi. So no one really has any responsibility for fixing it. But now because only certain things have shut down and they've been able to see the impact of that, they can actually actually trace it back to who's responsible and start cleaning it up and putting restrictions on it because it's industries that have shut down as well, not just traffic. Um, anyway, they, they t- there's a woman who studies boredom who's like really excited because now there's all these opportunities for her to like dig into what causes oh my boredom God, and how people react to like, boredom.
1: She's like, this is my moment. Oh
0: my <laughs> so amazing. And then there's also a really interesting piece around studying people's attitudes towards vaccination and whether this is changing it, how people's opinions on that evolve. Um, obviously, there's a lot of people who are anti-vaccination, so it's all just like studying to see if that dialogue has changed with this sort of really live experiment of what what it's like to live without even a single vaccine um and then yeah what's what does the world look like without cars so how could you reimagine the city space to reduce the number of cars and open the streets up so it's just all really interesting kind of Is this little all, in into like all in one episode all in one it's oh like a really God. long one really good if you're just wandering around the house stirring risotto perfect for risotto stirring it was just exactly what I needed it just really made me be like okay good things can come from bad things and I'm um, Roman Mars the host has hands down the best podcast voice in the world I would listen to him talk about anything there's literally an episode one of the first lockdown episodes where he just describes things in his house sounds dull it's the best thing I've ever heard <laughs> he just goes around and talks about things in his house and it's so soothing it's Amazing. the best Nice. so yeah so that is the natural experiment by 99 percent invisible found wherever you listen to your podcasts
1: <laughs> you say that very well now that you're season three thank you
0: i've had lots of practice what have you purchased this week
1: okay i'm unsure if this is a new low or a new high but this week <laughs> oh, I had my god i had cookie dough delivered chilled to my house Um which I feel like is a real high moment of the pandemic. (laughs) But my husband came home and was like just shook his head at me. (laughs) He's like, what? Um so it's this it's this cafe in and bakery in on Bondi Road in Bondi called Bennett Street Dairy. And this new kind of side business was obviously sprang out of the pandemic because they weren't open, but they sell these like cult chocolate chip cookie dough, which they call, according to Broadsheet, the Mary's Burger of, of cookies, <laughs> um, like chocolate chip cookies, which sounds intense. But in order to retain their staff, like give them something to do, they launched this delivery business and it has just like gone off apparently they've been able to retain 70% of their staff by doing oh, their so hustle, which is so great so they deliver just to Sydney uh, unfortunately interstate and uh, international um, listeners but they come in maybe for fa- the best <laughs> yeah <laughs> they come in 500 gram rolls that are chilled Jesus. there's nothing raw in them apparently so like they can kind of sit out if you're not home for you know a day but you can <laughs> you can just carve off a slice and bake it and then like put it back in the fridge. So you don't need to bake an entire freaking tray of cookies. You can just like as you want one, slice it and bake it. Or you can freeze it. It freezes for like three months. I think it keeps in the in the fridge for a couple of weeks. But the chunks of chocolate are just so large. Like they're like they're like pools of chocolate. And it's only it says it makes 6 to 8 cookies, yeah. but you showed
0: me the size of that and that is some very generous portions. Yeah,
1: like I I feel like you could make 20. Like you don't want a that big of a cookie. I don't want a Mary's burger of a cookie. I want maybe small fries. <laughs> worth of cookie but it's only $12 plus delivery and it's a little, little small business that's just you know trying to do the right thing by its staff and yeah it's great so that's the Bennett Street Dairies cookie dough delivery I think they've got two flavors one just like classic chocolate, chip I think they've got a white chocolate and macadamia flavor as well
0: you know I was mocking you for buying it but now I think I want it so I know you want I...
1: it and when it arrives you're like yes this <laughs> is best delivery it was so funny because I got it delivered I had this like one day when all my online purchases arrived I got the kibido delivered and then I got a new doona delivered and I was like well this is a fucking sign like I am combining the two things definitely and eating these in bed what
0: what did you buy I want to talk about I bought a pair of sneakers this week and I bought this from this brand called Veja, or V-E-J-A. Veja. Oh, yeah, I yeah,
1: yeah. You I've tried those on before.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've been eyeing them off for ages, saw they are on sale, bought a pair. They're really sustainable. Um, I got the Veja Esplar low leather sneakers, so, like, very simple. I got all white made from leather but I wanted to specifically talk about where I bought them from so I got them from this website called well-made clothes this is a site that my friend Elsa who has always been my like ethical sustainability guru it's like what she does for a job and she's like the best researcher when it comes to figuring out like eco creds of anything everyone should have a friend like her for that um so she recommended it it's where she gets most of her clothes and it's an Australian website that I would describe as the like ethical iconic or the ethical ASOS so Mm. every brand they carry matches up to one of one or more of their set of values um and the values that they hold as important are is it handcrafted is it transparent? Is it sustainable? Is it local? Is it fair? Is it minimal waste? Is it vegan? And do they seek to seek to create gender equality? So like for an example, if something is to meet the requirements of being local, 80% of its products must be sown or made in the country that its business is based. If it's fair, then they have, you have to ensure that like safe working conditions, voluntary overtime, freedom of association, minimum wage. Um, and it's, Accredited with a globally recognized independent certifier. So, every single product that you look at on their site, they give you like this ethical rating. And they only work with brands that meet a number of their criteria. So it's just like if you're someone who has been thinking about how you want to spend your money, and particularly right now, most of their brand are Australian. They have Arnsdorf, that brand that I got the really lovely skivvy from the other week. That's one of the brands they stock. They stock Kowtow, which is this really great um, knitwear label, a whole bunch of really great labels. They've done the leg. To actually assess whether the brands kind of really mean it when they say they're sustainable, because there's so much greenwashing out there um, where people say they're uh, sustainable or e- uh, eco-friendly, but like, how do you know for sure that they are? <laughs> well, these guys have done the the research, so. I felt really good supporting them and buying the pair of sneakers from them. I've, you know, I found there's lots of places that sell Vejas. A lot of them, some of them were probably cheaper or on sale, but it was really nice to support such a great company as well. Um, Yeah. That actually does all of the work to make it easier for us to shop more mindfully than we normally do so highly recommend and if you're looking to support australian businesses as well you kind of get to double dip there you can buy from an australian small business um through another australian small business which is nice
1: very good yeah
0: so that's well made clothes
1: there's nothing like a fresh pair of Sneakers, that's for sure.
0: And I know. I I do have to break them in. It's like the first time I've bought a new pair of shoes in a while, and I've been living in my UGG boots and my like a thousand-year-old spring courts that are falling apart, which is why I had to buy new sneakers. So it's like, oh, quite constraining new mm, shoes. Yeah.
1: Cool. What time is it, Soro?
0: I believe it is time for the last fast five of season, season three. finale
1: fast five. Woohoo! Uh, I'm gonna go first. Go for it. Okay. Elaine Welteroth's pandemic stoop wedding oh. in Vogue. Yes,
0: yes, <laughs> yes, you, yes. Have you yes, seen yes, this? Yes, yes, oh, yes, heaven.
1: yes. I have. Yes. So Elaine, if you don't know, her used to be the editor of Teen Vogue in the US, and she was that really incredible editor who really turned around Teen Vogue to become like quite political and have a really a really strong feminist voice and. She's just so incredible. I saw her speak one time, I think, at the Sydney Writers' Fest, and um, she just lights up the room and is so full of positive energy, and she's just a ball-breaker, and she's incredibly tall and, <laughs> and beautiful. Anyway, she has the cutest story with her with her husband, um, Jonathan Singletary. Singletary? Uh, he's a musician, but they actually met when they were 12, in Church. It is so cute. And their mums actually sing next to each other in like the same co- church choir today, which is like so, <laughs> so cute. Anyway, so they're, awesome. like, they're so wholesome. They reconnected when I think John, like, Jonathan, um, moved to the city. Anyway, they had this huge Californian wedding planned, massively extravagant, and then the pandemic hit, and so they obviously had to, like, redesign the whole thing. The result is just so insane and beautiful. So they pretty much transformed their whole, like, brownstone stoop in New York into this, like, block party party, Slash floral bombed altar. The cutest thing is, so they had a few people like that were local attend. um, Like, you know, standing two meters apart or whatever. Um, But they were all matched with a friend who couldn't make it or who was interstate. And so they all held up phones with like the faces on FaceTime of the people who couldn't make it. And so she said in her article for Vogue that... When she walked down, like, she could see her grandma and, like, all her friends who couldn't come, like, on all these phones alongside all the people who could actually come. Anyway, it's just like one of those fluffy, feel good, amazing shoots and accompanying stories in vogue. So. I watched her wedding video and I wept.
0: Just wept <laughs> in bed.
1: <laughs> the wedding is like, so good. Like it's, it's so, so good.
0: beautiful. It's so good. It's then, it's because the, all their neighbors came out and there's like a shot of her neighbors on their roof. Like they had a full block party with a DJ and they're all dancing and cheering. And I was like, oh my oh. God,
1: community. It's, it's so wonderful. It's so great. So cheesy. And just, but I got it only really ever happened in new york i feel like this kind of thing like people are living in such close proximity it just has that you know early spring new york feel to it it's just oh Uh it was amazing i spent a long time scrolling on that one so i (laughs) really recommend uh my second fast five is banoffee pie course (laughs) three of the dinner we ate together on the weekend great (laughs) Co-signed all of these So this is just such an easy dessert. I really wanted to throw it out there because I had literally all the ingredients except, like, one in my fridge and my cupboard already. It's pretty much just, like, a pack of biscuits. You can use any biscuit, like, plain sweet biscuit, I reckon. And butter, like, pressed into a tart shell, like, crushed up, pressed into a tart shell and, like, baked... For 15 minutes, and then you just open a jar of dulce de leche, or you can make your own from a can of condensed milk, but that takes like two hours, and it's a long slog. You're (laughs) Um, stirring
0: risotto as well at this point, so (laughs) exactly.
1: And I have that jar of Gelato Messina's dulce de leche, which is phenomenal. It's like really dark and thick. So you just pour that all over. You just chill, chuck it in the fridge, and chill it. And then when you're ready to serve, you just slice up banana, whip a bunch of cream. Like, spoon the cream all over the top and then just shave chocolate on top. And that's it. I feel like it's a really pre- impressive dessert that is, like, it was. more than the sum of its very simple parts. Delicious.
0: I mean, I don't even love banana and I enjoyed the banoffee pie. So, that's, a, so that's high praise from me.
1: Very good. Uh, so, I'll link to that in the show notes. The number three on my list is... <laughs> Just really going around the same, the same tropes. But um, my hunt for orbs, which uh, <laughs> listeners of our previous episode will remember. She orbs loves an soft orb. Lighting. I had a little trip to Ikea on the weekend and I found the perfect orb lamp, which is really cheap. It's called the Fado lamp. That's F-A-D-O from Ikea. It comes in two sizes. It's like a frosted or like milky white literally just like a sphere that sits directly Mm -hmm. onto a tiny almost invisible stand underneath it and just is like a glowing orb Orb. in your room (laughs) it's only like 59 dollars, and that's for the big size you can get a smaller size as well for way cheaper
0: very cheap for an orb
1: yeah it's beautiful it's really really nice so i just bought two of them like our bedside tables and um Yeah, I really recommend it. It's awesome. Number four is a pair of earrings that I don't own, but I love. I mentioned this brand in season one, actually, Valet Studio. They make hair clips that are really cute, but their earring range is very extensive. (laughs) Yeah, they're so cute. So they're like five or six hearts that are kind of like pinky, purpley, almost like iridescent, like hologrammy like reflective
0: oh yeah there's some intense early 2000s late 90s vibes going on here
1: yeah there's like five hearts that are basically just strung together in one line that are just really pleasing i don't know what it is about them i think they're really cute look they would jazz up your zoom calls no end (laughs) (laughs) i need someone to wear this where can i wear these two
0: just on zoom calls that's what earrings are for they'll just really add some pizzazz to your tuesday morning meetings
1: yeah, I just think they're really fun for a party or a wedding or... Remember really those. Your Monday morning <laughs> meeting. Uh, so that's Ballet Studio, the Pink Florence earrings, they're called. My last okay. recommendation is another snack. It is at home popcorn, which I literally have a bowl of here. I don't know if you can hear it. <laughs> um,
0: Real cheap sound effects, I'm highly
1: enthused this week. So, <laughs> I bought a bag of just like popping corn, which I never ever buy, but have just kind of been keeping like interesting snacks around me at home while isolating. And it's just so cheap. Like a bag is, you know, under $5 and you get so much and it's so fast to make. You just have like a teaspoon of oil in a pan and then a quarter of a cup of these kernels. So you probably get like, I don't know, like 15, 20 servings out of a bag. And I've I've come across the best seasoning recipe. I think I found it on the Diaspora Co. website, that amazing producer of single origin spices which is based in the u.s but she has an incredible recipe section anyway it's just butter sea salt a little bit of brown sugar and her turmeric which is like really oh. really beautiful fragrant turmeric and you just toss it all together and it's so nice it's really like this heavenly combo of like salty buttery and then you get these tiny little pockets of brown sugar and then this like fragrant earthiness from the turmeric it's so good and honestly this took less than five minutes to make when you're really hungry and you need a quick and cheap and easy snack so i'll put that recipe in our newsletter which is highlyenthused.substack.com have you ever tried
0: nutritional yeast on popcorn apparently that's really good
1: I have seen a lot of nutritional yeast around, but I've never tried it. I just feel like the name is so gross, like I don't want to eat it.
0: <laughs> I know, but I'm, I'm intrigued. I think I'm going to put that on my list of things to try and I'll report back.
1: Yeah, I, I've heard it's good. What, what does it taste like? It's just like savoury umaminess.
0: Yeah, it kind of is sort of along the lines of, I think, like a parmesan umami sort of flavour. I don't know. Ooh. Haven't tried it. We'll try it and we'll let you know. <laughs> Ooh, I think that'd be a good addition to this recipe. Yeah, that's why I was suggesting it could be delish.
1: All right, what's your
0: fast five, Zero? All right, fast five. Number one on my fast five is a little pastry shop near my house called Tuga Pastries. I still love Iggy's. I love the fact that they deliver, but I can walk to Tuga's in like 10 minutes. Um, and they have incredible pastries. So they have the most decadent ham and cheese croissant that has like bechamel in it and this mm-hmm. pain, of pain au chocolat. I posted a photo of it on my Instagram. Like the layers of pastry in it are insane. But the thing you come to Tuga for are their Portuguese tarts and these are hands down i think the best portuguese tarts in sydney they are all time uh, just like delicious they're they're always fresh they're always hot i think they're only open on the weekend have only ever gone on the so weekend
1: good like having a warm tart from there wasn't it like Dice it in cinnamon <laughs> it was so delicious so good
0: <laughs> so that is I highly recommend that tuga pastries when i you have to line up at the moment because there's no space inside and social distancing is a thing but there was people behind me being like i've been on a pastry hunt for years and these are the best portuguese tarts in the city i was like you're not wrong yeah, i knew they were this good so tuga pastries number two is a little skincare recommendation um i don't know it's the changing seasons my skin's just felt a bit meh i don't know if i just been inside too much or whatever but i recently i had owned this product before and i'd run out of it and i just re-upped it and just remembered how much i loved it and it's the raw remedy kakadu plum serum with vitamin c so this is just a really beautiful lightweight serum that you can use sort of after cleansing and before you put your moisturizer on and apparently kakadu plum has the highest sort of vitamin c in the world whoa really yeah Funnily enough, I got introduced to this brand, um, because they, a good friend of mine, it's his older sister actually runs it. But I sort of bought it independently, so don't worry, wasn't influenced. Um, but they're really, really wonderful. They actually work with the Indigenous landowners in Australia to get these ingredients because they use a lot of native um, Australian ingredients like boab oil, kakadu plum. Um, I've used – have actually trying their natural deodorant as well, but I haven't really put that to the test yet, so I don't want to report back till I've officially checked it <laughs> like, can withstand actual activity and not just sitting on my couch. Um, But this serum I've bought before, using it again, really love it. Just makes my skin feel fresher, helps even out dark spots and make my skin just seem a little bit more even Um, and just really soothing. And it's nice to, you know, put some nice things on your face when you're at home all day. True. So that's number two. I'm being cheeky with number three by recommending two Instagram accounts to follow, but they are thematic. They're themed. So I'm calling it one recommendation. So there's two women. One of them is called uh, Easter Belfridge. Her name is spelled I-X-T-A dot B-E-L-F-R-A-G-E. And the other account is Nourish by Nour, N-O-O-R-I-S-H um, by Nour, N-O-O-R. Both of these women are actually Ottolenghi recipe developers, but they have pretty different styles to Ottolenghi. Um, So it's not just like Ottolenghi Redux. They're like really unique in their own right. They both have really amazing step-by-step tutorials for recipes, and they're kind of like... A lot of them are project cooking, but they're really different to a lot of the other sort of lockdown recipes that have been doing the rounds. So Easter has this recipe for bang bang noodles Mm. that I really want to try, like a whole step by step on how to make the noodles, how to make the numbing oil, how to make the like all the different ingredients to go with it. It looks so fun. And then Noor has this incredible tutorial on how to make really crunchy, flaky paratha flatbreads. So it's like you roll them out really thin and then you... The the dough out really thin and then you get a pizza cutter and you cut it into strips and then you pull the strips all together into a big rope and then you curl it around your hand and then re-roll it so it's so flaky and crunchy (laughs) and light. And it looks so satisfying to make. It also has a real ASMR quality, like really weirdly soothing. (laughs) Anyway, it's just really satisfying is one way I could have described it. Very satisfying to watch her make Paratha. So that is Easter Belfridge and Nourish by Noor, really great Instagram food inspo. Number four is a book that I read a little while ago now, um, sort of back at the beginning of lockdown. It's Weather by Jenny Offal. So Jenny Offal is one of my favorite authors. She wrote Department of Speculation, which is this really glorious little gem-like book. Um, She writes sort of these books that sort of read almost – they're fiction, but they could almost be memoir. Um, Department of Speculation definitely sort of reads like a almost confessional stream of consciousness kind of book. This one is... Is a novel, it's fiction, but it sort of is very much like you're inside this woman's head and she's like worrying about climate change and the rise of the far right, but it's also about her family and life and she's a librarian and it's just really beautiful and small and perfectly made. Um, And if you're ever interested, there's a wonderful New York Times profile talking about her writing method, which is fascinating, which I'll link to in the EDM because it's just super interesting too. Um, I always love reading about how writers write like the process by which they refine their work and break things apart and put it back together again. And her process just sounds incredible. So that is weather by Jenny offal, a great one to pick up if you're looking for a new read. And then the last recommendation of season three, highly enthused just making it sound dramatic, Um, (laughs) is a cookbook that I feel like was designed like precisely for me. (laughs) It's a book called Tin Can Magic by a woman named Jessica Elliott Denison. She runs a, a restaurant and cafe in Edinburgh, Um, And she has another cookbook out called Salad Feast, which is also worth a look. Um, But Tin Can Magic is just perfect. And it was sort of total serendipity. I don't think she she obviously didn't know what was going to be happening right now when she wrote the book, but it got released not too long before the world went crazy. Um, And every chapter is basically grouped around a different tinned item. So like sweet corn, white beans, lentils, cherries, all sorts of things. Um, And then riffs on different recipes on what you can do with those tinned ingredients is kind of the hero of that particular dish. So it's just like really great for ideas. Or if you've got like a random can of like, yeah, sweet corn in the cupboard because you panic bought it and you're like, what the hell do I do with this? She has ideas like, and they're all really good and like pretty different to what you might originally think of doing with them. And yeah, it's just a little gem of a cookbook. Totally oh, great. Cool. And there's lots of really good little ideas in it. I'm, I'm eyeing off in particular this crispy coconut and prawn pancake using coconut milk to make almost like these omelette rice flour, almost like a bansiao, but kind of a cheats benziao. Oh, It yeah. looks so good. It's high on my list. I think it's the first thing I'm going to make from it. So, yeah, that's it.
1: That's the five. That is it. That's a great five. What a great season we've had. Thanks for everyone for listening.
0: Yes, thanks for coming along. I hope we kept you company. We'll be back soon enough. Don't worry.
1: In the meantime, why not dig back into the archives of our newsletter? (laughs) Do it. All the links to everything mentioned in this episode and literally every single episode and more is at highlyenthused.substack.com. Uh, and we are on the instas at highly shoot us an email we've been getting a lot of emails lately i'm loving it Um, i know same
0: so many good ones
1: highly at gmail.com and we'll see you next week folks oh wait no we
0: won't no we won't we won't see you next week (laughs)
1: sorry (laughs) we'll see See you sometime sometime
0: sometime in the future
1: bye
0: ciao (laughs) mm <laughs>